With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, what a day it has been. We are recording this on Wednesday night. Um, and as you have all probably seen, it has been a very interesting day to say the least. Um, we don't really like to get too political on here, so we're not going to probably say too terribly much. But um, I, I would like to say that... Um, you know, none of what happened today was okay. It, it, none and nothing about this should seem okay to anyone. Like, it is the peak, I feel like, of the problems that have been brewing for a while now. And um, this country needs quite a bit of healing. And I, I really hope that this year of 2021 can be the year of healing and um, a year of a lot less anger and um, a lot less divisiveness. But um, I'm just very thankful for everyone's safety after everything today and um, and hoping we can all move forward from here. But I, I just, I felt like uh, it would be a little weird if I didn't um, address that at least a little bit and um, and give my wonderful and amazing co-host Richie Suave Flores a moment too in case he wanted to say something. Hello Corey, yes it's been a long day for you and I and for the country and uh, like you said I think you, you pretty much hit on everything I, I would say as well um, so we're not going to dive into it really that much. The best way do you guys listen to our show for entertainment value? And that's hopefully what we're going to do over the next 35 or 40 minutes or so. So uh, why don't we why don't we dive straight in, Corey? And uh, we have some, some things to talk about here coming up in the show. Now, everybody on the network's been doing their season predictions. And they've been putting out graphics and their rankings. Corey and I, obviously, we are the weird... We're like the odd couple of the entire network... So we don't like going with the crowd, and that's what we're going to do again. We're going to say, fuck your goddamn standings, and we're going to do some some uh, fun categories that Corey and I came up with uh, throughout the show. Um, and we'll, we'll get to those. We're, Corey's going to pick her NFL bandwagon because the NFL playoffs start on Saturday. So I hope you have thought about that over the last couple days, Corey. Also, I have. some uh, World Junior Championship news, of course. And then uh, some big Coyotes news on Wednesday with the announcement um, that fans are going to be able to attend games in the month of January. Corey, where should we begin? Should we begin with your NFL bandwagon or should we begin with the uh, World Junior Championship? I think since we started out with something sad America-wise, we should go straight into something super awesome which is team usa beating canada um it's it's a joke amongst um our friends um on canadian ice that was what um scotty had screamed um the last time um usa beat canada and so um that was our first thing that we kind of did once it happened was it was it was that uh you know on Canadian ice. So it was very nice to see 
Uh, Team USA win again, and that would make them now 4-0, winning a gold medal match with Canada. Um, the previous years were 2004, 2010, 2017, and then, of course, 2021. So um, it's, it's just really nice to see, especially as the country that's always never really deemed the as much as we have the NHL, like most of the teams in the NHL, it, it's always been, you know, a Canadian sport. So it's very nice for us to, you know, be able to have that for one. And two, you know, to kind of recognize the fact that there is a lot of good things going on here in the U.S. hockey wise. Um, and we always tout, you know, that in Arizona, it's been growing so much. But I mean, you also have to tout the fact that because of uh, the U.S. development team, we do a pretty freaking good job here in the U.S. of uh, developing players correctly. And so we may not have the same um, abundance of players and people that are constantly invested in the sport, but when we do have talented players, we raise them right. And you know what my favorite part of being Canada is? It's all the salty Canadian fans on Twitter. And they were so mad about last night. And it was just hilarious to watch. And it was a really good game, obviously, the 2 nothing win for the United States. And you know what's funny is I thought about this after the game, which is the way the United States played and the way they won that game reminded me a lot of how the Coyotes play. And I don't know if you thought the same thing, but they took that 2 nothing lead. They went out. They jumped out. They played really well in the first period. Uh, they got that very, very early goal in early in the, in the second period from Trevor Zegras, who was left wide open uh, down low in the Canadian zone. And he was able to score and make it 2 nothing. But after they got that 2 nothing lead, Canada really started to play their style of hockey and they started to really dominate the game for the most part and so what did team usa do they locked it down defensively and they started to play a lot more in their own zone but between spencer knight and the defense and the symbiotic relationship between the two cam york the captain played an incredible defensive game making some big time shutdown plays in the second half of that hockey game and they reminded me a lot of how the Coyotes play, which is they play the same type of style. Like in the very first period of the game, I felt like U.S. Team USA was pushing the pace. They were playing fast, and that's kind of what the Coyotes like to do too, right? Is they like to get out in those in that breakout type of game and then find their forecheck and really frustrate teams. And that's what the United States did for most of the game is they just frustrated the shit out of Canada. They locked it down defensively and they had a great goaltending from Spencer Knight in the third period and they won the gold medal. And it was, and it was like, Hey, I was, I feel like I was watching the Arizona Coyotes. Well, and I mean, I, I'm glad that you pointed out uh Knight because of the fact that, you know, that one of the big things that they do have in common too is stellar goaltending. And the fact that it, he played such a great game and people had a lot of very entertaining um, uh, puns that went with his name about, um, you know, um, him haunting the Canadians at night and like all sorts of very fun things. So he had a very fun name to go along with it. So that really helped too from um, the enjoyment standpoint, especially because I had to listen to it because I couldn't watch it. So um, from me listening to it, it was... Uh, it, it was in following on Twitter and such. It was um, it was really entertaining from that point. But yeah, I I could definitely see your points there on the how you kind of paralleled the two of them. Um, the The funniest thing out of all of this though was after the after this whole game was played and everything else, and they were celebrating, is this whole idea of, um, I don't even know if anyone's called it this yet, but um, Barrelgate. Um, but the fact that everyone was freaking out, because I, I kind of want to go back to what you are talking about earlier about how salty a lot of the Canadians were. They got very, very salty about this trash can 
that wasn't a trash can. It was actually a barrel and that had the Canadian logo on it. And um, they were very angry about it. Like, they were actually, like, very offended by this until the actual um, reasoning came out later. Yeah, exactly. And I have that up here. I'm glad you brought that up because it was hilarious. But here is what Trevor Zegras, uh, Anaheim Ducks prospect, said about it. He said, we pretty much had a barrel for each team we were playing. Each game, we just wanted to get to the next barrel. Today was our last barrel. We threw the Canada sign up there, put it on the ice, and took our picture. It was kind of our thing, this tournament. And so it wasn't, you know, a slight against Canada as maybe a little bit. It was a little bit in jest, but, I mean, it was it's funny. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was petty. And I was like, you know what? You fucking deserve it because you, you, you won the gold medal. You know what I mean? Well, and I, it is kind of funny because that was one of the things actually um, that was discussed on um, the pregame show that I was listening to was that Team USA had come into it saying, you know, that Canada really hadn't been um, up against a really strong. They haven't really been tested up until this point, And they were coming off very very confident borderline cocky coming into this game and and so the question was posed of whether that was a a problem in the fact that they were coming into it with so much confidence and in this situation I don't think that it was a problem them coming in with that much confidence I think it just um I feel like it just more gave them motivation and gave them the confidence to hold this game together, to, to play the type of game and type of style that they needed to win this game. And um, I, to be honest with you, once I finally heard about all of this, it really, I think, was the biggest miscommunication ever. Like, I, I don't even remotely kind of find this whole thing to be kind of, like, cocky at all once I, like, heard about it and, like, heard the story that... Um, it, it's a story that when I was an assistant coach, um, when I was assistant coach with USA at World Juniors in 2007, that head coach Ron Rolston brought to the team, Lehman said, about crossing the heart of the Sahara Desert, crossing a terrain that's 500 miles long, that over 1,300 people had perished, and the only way they could figure to cross this part of the Sahara Desert was to put barrels out. So that when you got to one barrel, the only thing you could see was the next barrel on the horizon. I shared the story with the guys before the tournament and let them know that we're not going to talk about the gold medal. All we're talking about is going one barrel at a time. I actually thought it was the most, um, it, it was the best thing actually like for controlling that type of like cockiness, you know. They weren't getting ahead of themselves in it and for very young guys that can be a problem and the fact that they kind of get ahead of themselves or get too caught up on on what is ahead as opposed to working on the game that's right in front of them and so going game to game living in that moment and that I think is actually a really good lesson that he taught them and giving them that focus um I think definitely helps them so it it's funny that it came out that way when I feel like it was basically the complete opposite. It was the one thing that was kind of humbling is that they had to just focus on that one barrel and that was their one success each time as opposed to allowing them to think ahead and think about how how great they could be. They couldn't celebrate that success until they got to the very end. Exactly. Congratulations again to Team USA on winning the gold medal up there in Canada. A lot of young, great young players on that USA roster and on the Canadian roster too, of whom are all going to be in the Pacific Division. There are a lot of Ducks prospects, a lot of Kings prospects. So if you're watching that game and you're like, oh, we're screwed. So I tweeted this out last night. A lot of other people did too, which is like, thank goodness the Coyotes are leaving the Pacific Division so they don't have to play Trevor Zegras. They don't have to play um, some of these other players 
as much as they would have in the in the past because both of those teams have great young players in the pipeline. Okay, let's move on to some of our preseason predictions here, sporty style. And the first one we have here is the an award I am calling the team most likely to shit the bed. Now, this is up for interpretation. There are no wrong answers here. There are no guidelines here. You can make it whatever you want. But in my opinion, I should just call this the Toronto Maple Leafs Award. Because let's be honest, every fucking year, that team is favored to win everything. Every year, everything seems to light up for them. And they're like, oh, this is the Maple Leafs year. And it, fuck, it is not their fucking year. For example, this year, they're like, hey, let's put all the Canadian teams in one division to basically try and gift the Toronto Maple Leafs a shot at a Stanley Cup. But here's the fucking problem. They're not going to win the fucking Stanley Cup this year. They're going to shit the bed again. Will they win the North Division? Maybe. But I don't think they get any further because the Maple Leafs every fucking year, all they do is shit the bed. Just go back to the playoffs last year. When they shit the bed against the Columbus Blue Jackets there in Game 5. Remember they were down 3 to nothing against Columbus and one of those games came back won the game, right? Well, Joris Corbisalo pitched a shutout in Game 5 of that series and they lost. And so they didn't even actually make the fucking playoffs this year against the, uh, against the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are my team that is most likely to shit the bed this year. I don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think they're even going to make it to the Final Four. I think they're going to get bounced because I think the Vancouver Canucks will beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs this year. Book it. Speaking of the Columbus Blue Jackets, they are going to be having like hardcore center issues this year because their, their best center doesn't want to be there. So, um, I think that's going to be definitely interesting for them. So, um, is that, there a fire alarm going there's off? A, yeah, there's a fire alarm going off. I don't know why. I should probably go check. Hang on. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, an, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey, then... And each other was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. And we're like, yeah, yeah. you know what? Well, you're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Okay, sorry about that, everyone. Welcome back in Richie after being out in the uh, cold Arizona nights. Um, as cold as it is here, um, you know, hanging out with his neighbors and uh, he was safely distanced, but like hanging out with his neighbors while all the fire alarms were going off in his complex. Uh, how are you hanging in there, Richie? Everything is fine. Everybody's okay. Um, there was a, apparently some sort of like a grease fire, a flash quick fire. And well, some one of our neighbors was making dinner, set off the alarms and set off the water fountains flowing for a good solid 35 minutes. Um, but everything's fine now. We're back to normal, back inside, ready to record. Uh, hopefully the those people are who are below us, because we live on the third floor, so um, we didn't suffer any water damage or anything. I hope everybody, the people below us are, are fine and that they didn't get too much damage, but holy smokes, it was a big old debacle. Oh, sorry if we scared you with the with the fire alarm noise because it was pretty loud you could hear it on the on the show but we're back now everything's okay and like we kicked off this show what a just a clusterfuck of a day continues but we're back on the show and Corey, you were talking about the columbus blue jackets are they your pick for the team that's going to shit the bed the most this year 
Um, I mean, I, I think they're certainly going to have struggles when it comes to their centers for sure because of the fact that genuinely their their best center doesn't want to be there because he hates Tortorella. So um, that that's definitely going to be an interesting um, dynamic there. Uh, they added Max Domi, but I, I if that's where he, if they think that that's who's going to replace him if. Um, you know, he ends up leaving, then they should be not considering that to be a solid replacement. But um, who I actually picked was um, was actually a team that wasn't really slated to do well, but now I just, I really think they're not going to do well, which is the Blackhawks, because it, it recently came out that Taves is having some health issues so he will be out, um, and Doc is out um, with an upper body injury. Uh, Nylander is out with a left knee, and, um, it, and then I like I just knew about those, and then I looked up like all of the people that they have injured, and and it's a decent amount. Um, when I pulled up from ESPN, it said. Um, Zadarov is day-to-day, Carl Soderberg, injured reserve, um, Brent Seabrook, injured reserve, Doc, injured reserve, Taves, injured reserve, um, Zach Smith on the fourth was day-to-day, uh, Jan Mark is day-to-day, Connor Murphy was all the way back in, that was in July, so, um, yeah, so it it's they've got a lot of injuries, and it's pretty easy to say in this um, in this season in the shortened season, if you start out with a lot of injuries and you have a lot of problems in the front end, you're basically screwed. That's true, and of course, because it happened with the Kings too, which is they really just hit like a a shit mode here over the last couple seasons. And so they've been able to rebuild really quickly with some of that younger talent that we saw in the World Junior Championships, like we were talking about earlier, including Alex Turcotte, who scored the opening goal for the uh, Team USA in the gold medal game. He's an LA Kings prospect, um, among other other players. And now that's what's going to happen to the Blackhawks here. Is like they missed the playoffs last year, so they got another nice pick. Um, Kirby Dock was a high draft pick. And now they're gonna probably gonna end up with another top three pick this year. So it's like, you know, the Cowboys can never catch a break in that end where in their down years they got fucked by the draft lottery and so they took Dylan Strom, right? And in other years they just they've missed on players and uh, like you know your Brandon Perlini's, Max Domi's gone, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We can go down and down the list, but um, I I don't blame you there. Like we think the Red Wings are going to be bad. But maybe the Blackhawks are in contention there for they're going to be the worst team this season. It would not surprise me one bit. So we have the most likely to shit the bed. I picked the Maple Leafs. Corey picked the Blackhawks. What about the team that I'm calling this the PDO award? Um, That is um, analytics jargon basically for... It takes a team's on-ice save percentage and a team's on-ice shooting percentage, combines it together, and ideally you're, you want to be at about a 92% save percentage and about an 8% shooting percentage to get that number to about 100. And that means you're, you're playing at, your, you're playing at your, your best, essentially. You're not uh, over, overly lucky or not overly unlucky. And so this is going to be the overachiever of the year. Um, I'll go first to kind of set the the the, t- the baseline here. And my pick, and in a way this kind of is like maybe a, a surprise team this year, uh, a team that I think is going to be an interesting team that a lot of people think are going to suck this year, but I think are, are fascinating. Go back to last year, the Buffalo Sabres only missed the, the 2014 play-in last year by three points. Last year, they missed out on that. And they made some big additions, right? They brought in Taylor Hall to their lineup this year. They brought in my guy, Toby Reader. They brought in Eric Stahl, among other players. And, of course, they have Rossmann Stahl lean entering his, um, you know, uh, 
still early in his career. So I, I think the Sabres might be able to surprise some people, and they are my pick to maybe get a little bit of luck and surprise some people this year. Um, I, I, I chose a very biased pick, but mine was the Coyotes because I think a lot of people are underestimating them. Maybe I'm just thinking about how many people for some reason are holding some type of grudge against them in, um, in our hockey podcast network, but I just feel like they are going to make, if they play the way that they can, and they actually are producing, they can give the Wild a run for their money um, for that last playoff spot. So I, I picked the Coyotes because I just feel like a lot of people are under, underestimating them. And if you go to the odds here, which I like to do, and you take a look at the West Division, which is now sponsored, by the way. Um, we're probably not going to talk about that on this particular episode, but every division... Oh, I need to do a Corey's yeah. Corner on that. Like, I really need to do a Corey's Corner where I can rant about people who want to bitch about um, about the sponsorships in hockey and how it's ruining their life. I mean, like, if today serves, like, to show you anything, if your biggest problem is, like, them sponsoring the division, them having sponsors for the divisions then you are living one solid life if that's the biggest thing you have to worry about. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's great for the NHL. And they're the first sports or professional sports league here in North America to do this. And I have a feeling it's going to start to enter its way across the rest of the sports. And it's genius because it's more revenue for um, owners in the league, et cetera, et cetera. But if you go – you, sorry, go and ahead. You have to like anything that helps hockey and gives you a hockey season. That's my last thing I'm going to say on it. But, like, anything that will help hockey become, like, higher up in, you know, the the main four here in the U.S. And the fact that we get a hockey season because of it are two big things. And why you would, you, you would want to give up either of those so that there isn't sponsors. It's just the trade-off to me. I, I just don't get why you wouldn't want that trade-off. I, I 100% agree. So if you look at the Bovada odds in the West Division, don't remember the sponsor off the top of my head. I don't have it pulled up in front of me here. But the Avs, Golden Knights, Blues are the top three. And the team with the fourth best odds to win the division are the Coyotes, which means that they are, according to Bovada, the fourth best team in the division they have the and they will likely in this and that scenario make the playoffs as far as the buffalo sabers they are big big underdogs in the east division in fact they are ranked seven out of eight teams in terms of odds at plus 1800 but this is why we play the games folks there's always a team every year that seems to overachieve and so uh for us hopefully it's the coyotes because uh, like you said Corey, i think you know that a lot of people aren't looking at this team as being very formidable, but who knows? Maybe they can make a make a run to the playoffs. And the same thing for the Sabers too. Okay, so we got a couple more here. Um, we have the player most likely to be inducted into the douche canoe. One of my favorite sayings. We don't say that enough here. Did it a lot on the on the freaks with Kenyon Crash. We had the douche canoe players who players athletes celebrities, whatever, who are douche nozzles, pop them in the douche canoe. Uh, of course, the captain of the douche canoe, Alex Rodriguez, always will be, uh, among others. Um, who was your nominee for the player most likely to be inducted into a douche canoe? So I actually didn't have a player just yet to be inducted into the douche canoe. No one's really pissed me off um, that much recently um which which is uh you know impressive that no one's really and i and i'm trying to i was trying to think of anyone that like i could preemptively be like this person for sure will piss me off and and make me um want to put them into the douche canoe i feel like if there's a team that i preemptively could say that i think um is going to um 
want me to put them in the douche canoe, it, it usually ends up being the Kings. And considering the fact that they're not going to be the greatest this year, I just feel like their style always ends up getting like really dirty, the like the worse they are. So I, I could see them being put into a douche canoe. Um, but I kind of wanted to spin it a little bit to put one of the podcasts on our own network in the douche canoe um, because of the fact that they literally will not let it go that they want they wanted to mess with us and put the coyotes dead last in their like predictions and they keep on telling us about it we get it we already know that you're wrong i don't know i don't understand how many times you gotta like show how unknowledge you are unknowledgeable you are about the coyotes but um they're going in my douche canoe because they won't leave us alone (laughs) Uh, I I will put this out there. All the guys in that show, I like them. They're good dudes. Um, they were, they're amazing dudes. But they're 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 temporarily in the douche canoe right now. It's like the doghouse of um, yeah, because they were trolling us super hard, and uh, unwarranted, and because uh, they like you said they put the coyotes dead last in their rankings, which we did not appreciate. And so I'm glad you called them up for it. Uh, and rightfully so, they de- they deserve it, and they're gonna be proven wrong this year. I I ho- I I one hundred percent believe that. So my my player that's going into the douche canoe now. I don't know if this necessarily counts or not because I feel like he's already in the douche canoe. But as far as the season goes, you might we can just keep putting him in there, and that's. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo with the New York Rangers. Just constant douche. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, you know all the reasons why. One of the biggest assholes in the sport. Uh, n- He's the captain of the douche. Yeah, canoe. exactly. In terms of the hockey world, absolutely. Oh, you know what? You know who else I can put in the douche canoe too for this too? Um, I'll mention that in a second. So Anthony D'Angelo is my, my first nominee. And my second nominee, uh, this goes back to the Dick of the Week days, which we don't do as much anymore on this show, but... Um, I don't... We essentially, basically, between I just kind of got in a miniature Corey's corner. This is like it's your miniature dick, a dick of the week. Dick of the week, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you saw this tweet last night, Corey, or not. From or on Wednesday night after the um, the uh, World Junior Championships finished up. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, I the John Butchergrass tweet. Who? Why? Bitch, I, why? That's my that that's my response there. It's like, why? Why did you have to fucking say that? It's not funny. No one like I mean, I'm sure there were the assholes that thought it was funny. But in why? It was a good moment. You had to go and ruin it. It's like the person who always goes into a situation and it's just like, oh, everyone's having fun, and there's like that one mm-hmm. person that takes shit too far and you're just like, Why? Why did you have to ruin our fun? That's what he was doing. Bitch, why? Exactly. And uh, he has since deleted this tweet, which means, you know, he was, um, he knew he was in the wrong here and he probably got ratioed really bad about it. Uh, Let's see if I can find it here. I don't know if anybody took a screenshot of it so I can quote him correctly. I don't see anybody that took a screenshot. It, basically, I'm, if I remember correctly... Um, I may be off by a couple of words, but he said, I, I always liked my health care anyway. Correct. There's, um, during a pandemic where we're having a lot of health, um, collapses, whether that's like, um, general health of just like people, um, the healthcare system. Um, with our hospitals and doctors and all of that stuff, and people having health care because people are getting furloughed, people are getting fired, and in this country, you really can't get affordable health care without a job that will provide you affordable health care. And even if you are work, it, if you're working for a smaller company, it's still pretty expensive health insurance. And so the difference is in Canada, they, you know, everyone um, 
can get health care. Um, I, I think at a pretty affordable rate. I don't really know exactly what their their rates are there, but everyone can get health care. It's not one thing that yeah, you have it's to single like payer, single payer in Canada, getting it from your employer. So yeah, I I don't um, I don't know why he would choose now, especially to to make that comment, considering the fact of how many people don't have fucking health insurance. Yeah, and the worst part about it for me is, it's like, no shit. You work for ESPN. You're rich, so of course your health care is great. But what about everybody else? And it's like, that's what you're going to make this about, is that instead of focusing on the great accomplishment of the those kids on the ice and what they did, uh, it's ridiculous. Butchergrass has always been super po- problematic, in my opinion. If you uh, go as far back, you just look him up on Deadspin. There's plenty of things where uh, he's um, tech, like he's uh, he's just not a good dude. Let's just say that you can you can Google it um, for multiple reasons and figure out why his shtick is old, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Rant over. Both of us got a little rant in already tonight. I like it. Did did you I, I I got way too heated with the whole um with the whole healthcare thing, but like did you did you wanna speak on the first one anymore? I kinda cut you off. Nope, there. nope, those are my two. Felt like. Those are my two options. Okay. I just I just wanna make sure I wanna give you um your time to get your, your full rant in. It's you've suffered through uh, a whole having to listen to a fire alarm for the past, like, 40 minutes. So, you know, I figure there's some built-in anger that you you could get out. So I just wanted to make sure that that time was allotted Thank to you. Thank you, but we are, we have, I, I, yeah, I got I got my rant in. No need to rant any longer. We The point is across. So those are our, our picks for the douche canoe. Uh, one final preseason award. Um, you came up with this one. Which pod will be our frenemy this season? And, and because I had one podcast in mind, and and I really do, like, I get along with these guys really well, and I really do hope there's, like, a really fun, like, rivalry between us where we can, like, go on each other's shows, like, back and forth and kind of, like, give each other shit because I really do enjoy them. But, um, and maybe, too, I don't know, maybe we can talk some shit over about some beers and stuff like that. They can... Um, we can force them to to drink certain beers. They can force us to drink certain beers. We can make some bets throughout the season. But yes, the soda pod, great choice. I think they will be our frenemies because of the fact that you know I think that last spot is going to be a a knuckle dragged out battle between us and them. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, and I just want to do some really fun rivalries with them. I I agree. It's gonna that is that's probably that would probably be my pick this year too. And you're right, we should get a, a some sort of a bet going. So if if Isha or State of Hoppy are listening to this right now, uh, you know how to you know how to get a hold of us. Lay down the bet. Let's get it going. Maybe it will be beer related. Maybe not. It's really fucking expensive to ship alcohol. Uh, so that maybe not involves like oh well we can send State of Hoppy some uh, some great Arizona brews if uh, if the Coyotes don't make the playoffs and and then uh, the opposite if the Coyotes make the playoffs maybe we can get some delicious Minnesota brews because they talk about it all the time on their show and they just did their like uh, bracket of local breweries which was really cool um, but I agree I think it's gonna be um, it is going to be a rivalry among rivalries. Um, we usually don't do a lot of guests on our show, mostly because uh, we record super late here, uh, and it's really tough to get people on the show. And then, uh, oh, yeah, we have fire alarms going off in the middle of our episodes too. But I agree. I think it's going to be a fun back and forth between us and them all season long. A lot of chirping. A lot of chirping. I just hope the Kyries can back it up on the ice because we know how much the Kyries have struggled against the Minnesota Wild last year. Yeah, that's it's it's gonna be a hard it's gonna be a hard push to the end for the Coyotes. I feel like 
against the wild for sure. So that's why I think this one's going to be fun. It's going to be, I think it'll be pretty even. I mean, um, it's hard to say until the season actually gets started, but I really hope we can have a, a, a fun rivalry between them. I feel like um, we've gotten into some interesting rivalries um, since we've been doing the show on the Honky Podcast Network, and I just feel like this one's going to be a fun one. I mean, it, when it comes down to it, um, I'm I'm a Vikings fan, and so is State of Hoppy. State of Hoppy so, um, it, you know, he can hold against me the fact that I actually do have a State of Hockey hat. Um, he does have a picture of that. Um, but that was because whenever I go to an arena, I always, um, I always buy a hat. And so when I went to wild game, I have that one. Um, I was also pictured in, in a wild jersey. So before that also gets thrown at me, but it was cause, um, a, a friend of mine and, and a friend of Richie's too, um, had an extra jersey. And I, for those that know me, I hate, absolutely hate when people wear jerseys of teams that aren't playing that day. And that day it was the Wild versus the Hurricanes and uh, I'm going to my first Wild game so I'm gonna wear a Wild jersey. So uh, before that gets pulled on me, I want this like recorded so I can defend myself. Exactly, exactly. Should we do one more quick Coyotes little piece of news before we move on to the random shit? Absolutely. It's super duper late, so we'll get get by quick here. Um, So in case you missed it, if you're a a season ticket holder for the Coyotes, you may very well get a chance to witness some in-person Coyotes hockey in the month of January because they announced on Wednesday that a limited seating capacity for the team's home games at Heather River Arena for the month of January will be at 25% capacity, which means that a maximum of 3,450 fans will be allowed at the Coyotes' home and season open on January 14th versus the Sharks and the club's five other home games during the month. Uh, Not too surprising at this point. uh, It seems that most leagues are returning to fans and stadiums. The NFL's doing it. Um, The NBA, as far as I know has mandated no fans at their games right now. I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, the NHL, I believe it depends on the city, etc., etc. So, uh, yeah, if you get to go to games, get on you. Uh, I'm just going to say that if I had the chance to go to games, I wouldn't. I'm, it's just not worth it for me. Uh, especially when, Corey, and you, you saw this news as well, that as of a couple days ago... Um, Arizona uh, was up to 121.8 confirmed COVID-19 cases over the past seven days per 100,000 people. That was the highest in the entire world. Uh, And yet the counties worked it out with the city of Glendale that they're going to allow 3,000 fans uh, to games. Yeah, that'll put them at 25% capacity. They're going to work with Gila River Arena to determine the seating capacity for each month throughout the 2021 season. Um, Coyotes president and CEO Xavier Gutierrez said that the health and safety of our fans, players, coaches, and staff have been our top priority through this process, and we are looking forward to beginning the season with a limited capacity of seating for our fans. We've been working diligently with the city of Glendale state and federal authorities, medical experts, and the NHL to ensure that we have a safe environment at Gila River Arena. We are confident that the innovative tech and enabled services we have in place will protect the health and safety of our fans. Um, They are doing extra safety measures, um, including like socially distanced seating, full digital ticketing, um, cashless transactions, prepaid touchless parking, and sanitizer stations throughout the arena. Um, the first people who will be able to buy tickets will obviously be season ticket holders. Um, they also created socially distant seating pods, um, and, but they can't like promise that anyone will be sitting in their own seats um, that they normally do if they're season ticket holders. So there's that, but um, they, you know, you, you could go and, and they do seem to have a lot of 
measures that they've taken to try and keep everyone safe. Um, with the people that I'm around and situations that I'm around, I, I, I wouldn't feel safe going either. Just um, That's just my own personal thing. But um, for those of you that are, um, I hope you stay safe and enjoy seeing some live hockey. I mean, that's got to be nice. It's got to be something that would feel um, even more amazing than it normally does to see it in person again after this long hiatus we've been on. And Sporting Nation, if you're, you are a season ticket holder that listens to our show, and um, I'm curious if you got the email that said, hey, you're eligible to go to games, are you going to go? I, I'm very curious about that. Like, Corey and I both said, no, we're, we'll both know we're going to stay away. Um, because I'm, I'm curious if, obviously, they're going to get 3,000 people to agree to go. But I'm, I'm just curious. Let us know at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter if, uh, if you got that email. Would you go? Okay. It is now time for Random Shit to close out the show here. Um, 45 minutes later than we expected because of the stinking fire alarm. Uh, quickly, one story, Corey, about the fire alarm before we uh, move on to random shit here. And I guess this is random shit, I guess, technically. But I was telling you the story while I was downstairs during the the fire alarm extravaganza that uh, I have two fire alarm stories. One was from 2019 when I went to uh, Pittsburgh to go to my buddy's wedding. And uh, it's the first night uh, we're there. And most of us from that were attending the wedding were all staying in the same hotel for the most part. And it's, I don't know, I'm already, I'm already asleep. It's, you know, uh, two o'clock in the morning and I hear the fire alarm go, fire alarm go off at our hotel complex. I go, what the fuck is going on here? And so I'm like, I'm barely awake and I... I'm in my pajamas. I pop on my, uh, actually, you know, it's funny. I don't think I actually wore my slippers. I think I was just like in my socks outside. Um, and uh, I like peeked outside. I was like, what's going on? I should just see if people were leaving, <laughs> like, cause leaving our floor and, and they were. So I was like, oh shit, I should probably go too. And so two o'clock in the morning, the entire, um, people, pretty much everybody that was attending this way and was staying at this hotel I had to go downstairs for probably a good solid 35 minutes until the fire department came and cleared the building. All because somebody lit up a, uh, a cigarette in the room and set off the smoke alarm. Nothing like getting woken up in the middle of the night by a fire alarm. And uh, yeah, it was not fun. So I have my fair share of fire alarm stories. And then I have another from high school. Quickly. Uh, I was a freshman... And at some point during the year, I don't know if it was seniors or what or who, somebody didn't like a class, for about an entire week, two weeks period, we knew that at this time, I think it was a little after noon or so, right at the start of my Spanish class, the fire alarm would go off and the entire school would have to evacuate. And it happened on a daily basis for like two weeks and it was like, we all of us like would go and sit down in our class and you'd be like, all right, well, we should probably get ready to leave for the fire alarm. And, and, uh, and it happened for two straight weeks. Don't know what happened. Don't know if the person was arrested. Cause I'm pretty sure that's legal. You can't do it. Even if you're a minor and in high school, but those are my, those are my two fire alarm stories I got. So the moral of the story is Richie never really got through a single Spanish class. So don't, Take him anywhere that you need him to speak Spanish. This is true. I suck at Spanish. I failed a Spanish class in college, too, so just in case you know. Okay, I got a couple stories for you, Corey. Let's begin. Uh, do you, you Did you ever finish watching The Queen's Gambit? Yes, Great I Great show, did. right? Terrific. Way more entertaining than a show about chess ever should be. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure when they pitched that show and someone heard oh, you're doing a show about chess? It was like a hard sell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Based on the book, of course. And it's like, I saw a chart where it was literally like one of the top five most watched Netflix series of the year. 
Number one was Tiger King, and Queen's Gambit was in the top five. So, on the heels of the success of the Queen's Gambit, there's another classic game that's going to try and win over audiences in the form of a movie or a miniseries. It's going to be the Rubik's Cube. There is there is a production no. company and a producer that have teamed up to produce a feature film based on the Rubik's Cube. And they don't have a public release date yet. And apparently there's also a Rubik's-inspired TV game show in the works, too. Um, so, who knew that Rubik's Cubes were, like, the next big thing, apparently. Uh, I used to play around with Rubik's Cubes when I was a kid. I sucked at them, and they were, like, the most frustrating thing I've ever done with in my life. So, I'm curious... How the fuck they're going to turn this into anything interesting? I always thought it was more of like a like a 90s like party trick. Oh look, I can mm-hmm. finish a Rubik's Cube. How are you going to make that into something watchable? I don't know. I don't understand this. If, is there something special about this Rubik's Cube? Is, can, can this, if you... Is it like these people are under a lot of pressure? Like they're going to explode unless they like finish this Rubik's Cube? What, what are they going to do to try and make this exciting? Like in the Queen's Gambit, they had a lot of like really... It was... They tackled a lot of things. They tackled, you know, um, being an orphan and addiction and, and all of that. And then it had like the, the era part of it where it was, you know... Uh, it was like a period piece in that way and stuff like that. So like they added a lot of things to it and then they all ha- added um, strange just like sexual tension throughout the entire thing too. Um, so like they did a bunch of things to make it interesting. I don't know what you can do to make a Rubik's Cube interesting. Um the one thing about chess that's always going to be interesting is the fact that it, you know you have like so many different options of moves that it just in itself makes it like enamoring in that sense. Um, I'm not sure about Rubik's cubes. I'm I'm sure like you can you can do Rubik's cube in a bunch of different ways. I don't know. I never really solved Rubik's cubes. I never really got into that, but like. Is this going to be competitive Rubik's cubing? Is that a thing? I don't know. I feel like my brain's getting pretzel just thinking about it. <laughs> so the, yeah, you can expect that on your screens eventually. Um, hopefully they make it interesting. Maybe they will. Um, next up, I was betting yeah, on checkers. Ne- checkers might be next. Maybe yo-yo, yo-yoing could be next. You never know. All right, I got one last story for you. Super quick one here, so we can get out of here. Um, police in South Africa are investigating a possible international gold smuggling ring after they seized 162 pounds of gold bars worth about $4.1 million at the Johannesburg airport. Where were the, where, where were they hiding the bars? Does, does it say? Uh, the South African Police Services circulated photos uh, revealing that three suspects from Madagascar were arrested after the bars were discovered in their carry-on luggage. Authorities thought something looked suspicious when the bags went through a security check. So, like, they didn't even try to hide it. They just literally tried to smuggle this stuff onto the plane. That, that is not creative no. at all. There was a... Yeah, we had, like, a, we had there was a story I did on Kenny and Crash a while back, where it was a similar story about smuggling gold, but they like smuggled it like up their booties. Yeah, well, that's why I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, well, that's why I asked you because I was like, okay, well, okay, if it's like a like a gold bar, gold bar, like that, that's pretty large, like that would be interesting. Um, and then I was like, maybe they put like a you know, like a trap lining in there, and then they put something over top of it to try and, like, hide it in some way. Like, that, there's no creativity in just trying to literally, like, smuggle them through. Exactly. So, 
Congratulations. Now, I don't know where this money goes. That's the thing. Like, does it just go into a vault somewhere and just, like, never to be seen again? Does it get, like, melted down? I don't know. That's a lot of money. You just keep hitting from away. But who knows? Government probably yeah, maybe takes the, it. Uh, maybe there'll be a, a movie about that, about hijacking $4.1 million in gold in Fast and Furious 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're supposed to go to space in nine, so yeah. it's a solid question. I mean, I I always think that about um, the ones, the, all the stuff they confiscate at the airport, and I feel like my dad's told me before what they do with it. But like, they confiscate a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of shit. Like, I I one time, okay, had, and this is like a a, a fun story that my family likes to tell. Um, my birthday is the 5th of July. I was getting on a plane on the 4th of July, um, dressed in like head to toe, red, white, and blue, because like since my birthday is the next day, I've always gone like hardcore on the 4th of July. I um, was flying standby and, and I had to run onto a flight and I was going to school in downtown Phoenix at the time. So I always had on me um, uh, pepper spray, and then I always had, um, I always kind of have in my purse and stuff like that for just like actual like usage, like normal usage, um, knives. Well, I ended up having in my purse two or three knives, and then like a Swiss army knife that was on my lanyard, and pepper spray. And they like full blown had to like get like a supervisor over there. Like I had to stand over on the side and they had to scream like supervisor, supervisor. And then like have him come over. And I'm just like, dude, I grabbed my purse last second. Um, and like I have pepper spray because I go to school in downtown Phoenix and I leave really late at night sometimes. So that's why I have all this. It's really not because I'm trying to be a terrorist. I just needed to grab the stuff really quickly and wasn't able to like take all of the stuff out of my purse before I came. And um, so they they confiscated like a fair amount of stuff from me that day. And that was like the day I, I, I wish I remembered what my dad said, but like they confiscate a lot of shit in, in the matter of one day because I, I'm not the only person that like has done that before where you just forget and you're in a rush or whatever. Um, I mean, now, literally every time I go to the airport, my parents are like, did you take all your knives out? Did, did you? And I, like, don't, like, uh, I don't carry as, as many knives in there as, as I used to. Um, I used to just kind of, like, throw the, them in there and then, like, forget they were in there. That's why there's a collection of them. But, like, I can only imagine the things that are confiscated in the span of the day. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think you told me that story, too, before. Uh, and it's hilarious. I'm glad they didn't arrest you and th throw you in jail for having all that on you. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad they didn't either. It's so funny because, like, my parents think it's the funniest story to tell people. I was scared shitless. I was like, and I don't, I am not that kind of a person that likes that kind of attention. So when... All these people started looking at me. I, I I literally started tearing up. Like I was one of those people that was just like, "Stop looking at me! Can we not make this a scene? I just did this accidentally. Can I please just catch my flight?" And my parents were all pissed. Any like they think it's so funny now, but they were so pissed at the time. They were like, "Um, we're gonna miss our flight because you had contraband essentially." And I'm just like. I can't do anything about this. But yeah, so now everyone has heard the story. So maybe I don't ever have to hear the story again, even though I'm sure my parents will still begin to tell it because I think it's the funniest thing I think that's now. a perfectly hilarious way to end this episode of Sporty with Corey and Richie. Uh, anything, any last words before we say good, good night? Stay safe, everyone, and, um, you know, try and be nice to everyone around you. We're still going through a lot, even though it's uh, the beginning of 2021. Um, we're, we're still not to the end of all this pandemic stuff, so uh, be a little bit patient with those around you, and um, 
try and enjoy each day the best you can, even even with all this going on, and and appreciate your friends. Um, I I tweeted out about Cat and Richie both being uh, some amazing friends in my life to uh, get me through the year that we've all just had. So um, appreciate those people in your life because that's the shit that matters. Very well said. Until next time, Sporting Nation. Good night and good hockey, everybody.